Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week is Rodentia with Dentia. It's rats and food of the gods, too. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. I don't require racial slurs to complain about all the technical difficulties we're having, but if you want to use some, you go right ahead. Nah, I'm good. I would, I would prefer you didn't. <laughs> <sighs> Come on, Noah. Just throw one out. See what it feels like. Mm, about no that's probably a good choice did I tell you guys that I found that racist Japanese anti-Japanese Batman from like the 40s yeah. part of it yeah the I old serials yeah that's real rough yeah which I have it on DVD never watched it though <laughs> I didn't make it through all of it because Tubi has it in one big long thing so it's like uh, three and a half hours long or something what the and fuck? i was logged out of my what account when I started, to, what a weird way to do it yeah i was logged out of my account when i started watching it too so i couldn't like stop it and then just go back and start where i was so oh i watched as much of it as i could tolerate that day now you'll never get back to racist batman yeah it's uh, the moment the narrator refers to the government as being wise for the Japanese internment situation. Oh, that's like, not good. It's like, all right, that's where we're at, eh? Oof. That's rough. That means I'll never watch it. It's just going to sit on my shelf forever unwatched. It's, I, don't, I don't know. Sometimes watching awful stuff like that. Is is an interesting watch just for the uh, the the pure oddity of how horrible it is. Yeah, it's the um, the idea that we're like, wait, wow, there was a time in our society where Batman was used to promote anti-Japanese hate. All right, that's an interesting thing that happened in the past. Yeah. Well, I guess to be fair, Batman was never a shining beacon of togetherness that was more superman's job suppose but. i mean he, batman didn't have to lean the other way and go anti anything but yes yeah you know most of the time when i the comics i've read and the movies i've seen most of batman stuff he's not horribly racist <laughs> so it was a it was an issue the past couple years where they showed too much of his dick in one one issue people got all riled up like yeah why would they do that uh i don't know it was because i think it was like one of those like whatever is it black label is that the dc's like or adult stories or whatever and no, they're like replacement uh, for vertigo 
I guess. I don't know. There's Batman was in the Batcave and he was changing out of his suit in the was covered in shadow, but there was a little little bit of a little bit of a highlight. Little little neck, little dick neck. Yeah. And uh people are like, What the fuck? And so DC was like, We're gonna we're gonna reprint this. And so they took that out. But you know Well, I mean there's never <laughs> been I've I've had a lot of weird thoughts reading comic books over the years, and I can say not once have I ever been like, you know what? Comic book could really use a little bit of Batman's dick neck. <laughs> yeah. Personally, I, I need to see Batman naked about as much as I need to hear Noah say dick neck over and over again. So, Oh, I just looked up the picture. It's, it's a little bit more than just neck, apparently. Do you get Don't a, do you get a silhouette? Just a silhouette on. of full shaft? What? Is that what's up? It's going in the chat, so... Just well post it to Facebook so you'll get kicked off there for a while. Oh. Is it weird that, that if I was the artist tasked with drawing it, I would assume Batman has a tiny dick? <laughs> just to make up for all the violence. Well, just, that he does? Well, just yeah, just because he's such a, a grim dark douchebag. I mean he's got to, right? Oh. I suspect that if you were to read enough comics, you'd eventually learn that all the grimness and darkness comes from the whole his parents being murdered in front of him thing. <laughs> has nothing to do with his dick size. Me though. Yeah. Why did they do it semi erect? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that is unexpected. Well, yeah. That's Before we this off the rails already. <laughs> you say off the rails, I say on brand. This is for the listeners at home, this is our like third attempt to start due to various technical difficulties, and somehow six minutes yeah. in, we're sharing pictures of Batman's dick. You brought yeah, up Batman. Listen, it all worked out because we got to see that bat dick. <laughs> that should be your wrestling name, Noah. Bat dick. Bat dick. Yeah. <laughs> now you got to lose that weight and get into that wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I could make wrestling gear for that that would be acceptable anywhere i mean even in the sleazy promotions i think we can figure something out you work yeah. on getting into game shape and we'll work on the outfit brian and i'll have a sit down later <laughs> decide what you're gonna wear yeah we'll draw up some designs it'll be great it's just it's just gonna be a giant penis costume with bad ears on the top <laughs> It's not technically nudity because on the head of the dick, there's a cowl. So yeah, it's like what the important problem part's covered. Solved. Problem solved. That's funny. Yeah, it's right. like a nip, nipple thing. As long as you cover the pee hole, you're good. Yeah, I think that's how it works. Uh, should we talk about some rap movies? Probably. <laughs> No time for transition. Got to get out of this. <laughs> uh, so, Doug, you picked you picked two rap movies because our third rap themed week of the yeah. podcast, I believe. Because they're rap movies, so why wouldn't you pick them? We've done pretty well with rap movies. Yeah, we'll see if that streak continues. Do you want to tell us about Rats Night of Terror? Uh, Rats Night of Terror is a. Uh... Italian sleazy filmmaking about uh, apocalyptic future, the year 2240, I believe. And in this future, the uh, 
the bombs were dropped in 2015. So most of the people live underground, but a far few flung are making future their way. of 2015. Man, I think all of us kind of wish some bombs had been dropped in 2015 right now. Well, would have staved <laughs> off no a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's listen. It might have made the world easier. Anyways, they were just they were just one year shy. <laughs> this in this particular future, yeah, everyone's living underground except for a few people who have come up. And they are, you know, scavenging, living the post-apocalyptic lifestyle in a way that makes no fucking sense. But we'll get used to, we'll get to that. Um, and they encounter rats and they don't know what to do with the rats. And the rats are killing them for reasons. Um, something to do with the fact that the rats might be angry about humans invading the underground. And therefore they came up and now the humans are up. They are mad at the, it's I don't think it's explained. You guys can tell me if it is. The rats are attacking them. The humans can't just leave the place they're in. Also for reasons that aren't given in the film. So they keep hanging around and getting killed by rats. Um, Lots of like conversations that are not worthwhile or interesting to listen to. Um, there's some of that standard racism that you can expect. There's one black character nicknamed Chocolate throughout the whole movie. Really kind of difficult to listen to them say that over and over again. Um, and then at the end, the humans from underground come up to save the day. But the big reveal that was spoiled for me by the poster of the movie is that they're actually rat people that live underground, not normal people. So, dun dun dun. And you only get a- rat people for like two seconds. I was so pissed how short time we got with the rat people. Like they come up, they're in like the full hazmat suits. They got the flamethrowers going. They're killing the normal rats. And then they like lift their masks and we see that they're rat people. And I'm like, great. What's going to happen with the rat people? And they're like, cut to credits. Fuck you. This was all a big tease. uh, Both these movies, spoiler alert, definitely cut the movie off way too early um yeah i don't know well yes i i agree to that but i would also have to argue yeah but that's a really good ending note that's 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 a good reveal of gas mask comes off oh my god they're giant rat people it's it's see i can't even honestly evaluate it because it was in the movie poster they're in the hazmat suits the rat people underneath they look better in the movie poster than they do in the movie um so I really can't even like when they showed up, I'm like, Oh, those are the rat people I've been waiting for this whole time. Cause they put rat people in their poster. Like that's what I was hoping for during this movie. I didn't even know it was like post-apocalyptic. I knew nothing about it. We watched that because Kent said we had to. And, uh, a lot, Kent. and then I'm just like the whole time. I'm like, where's my rat people? There were rat people in the poster. I'm like, if that poster lied to me, I'd be very upset. And then it, so it, Maybe it would have worked if it hadn't been spoiled. I don't know. It's really hard to say. Well, so what do you think of it overall? Mostly I was bored. I was extremely annoyed by the fact that it was... So it's set in 2240, and the bombs went off in 2015. So there's 225 years gap. And yet they're still scavenging like people in The Walking Dead do, where they just like break into buildings and find the food that's left in the cupboards. And I'm like, it's been 225 years, though. <laughs> and they like the, they go into like a bar and they're like, ah, it's like a bar. And they like 
like the old days. And it's like none of you people, like your parents and grandparents weren't alive the last time there was a functioning bar. <laughs> Why do you even know what this is? You know what I mean? It was very like frustrating in that way for me because I'm like it, that opening crawl where they introduced that it's 220. They could have said anything. They could have said fucking five years after the bombs drop, but they chose to go 225. And then the whole time I'm thinking like, well, so then like they're driving. I'm like, where are they getting gas? Why do those vehicles still work? There haven't been factories in 225 years. <laughs> Why? Are, you know what I mean? All that stuff yeah. doesn't make any sense when you said it that far in the future. But it didn't seem like so there was, any was real, really a, re, there was no real reason to set it that far in the future. They didn't have like laser guns or like anything like that. No. It literally is just because, like, yeah, because yeah. And it was just so I was like frustrated by that. I was frustrated through much of the movie because that whole opening crawl talks about like the rivalry between the humans that live above ground and the humans that live below ground and the whole movie. I'm waiting for that to matter. And it doesn't <laughs> like it never pays off until the end where the, the rat people show up. And I'm still not sure if those are the people that live underground or if there are normal humans underground as well. I don't even know. So I was, yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot positive to say about this movie. I I was pretty frustrated by the rats too. Like, because first of all, I'm pretty sure somebody painted some rats and it's not okay. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't know why, like they have rats of all different colors. Just go get rats that are the color you want. Don't get just like discount rats and paint them. That's not okay. And somebody put like red googly eyes on them to make them look more intimidating. And I'm like, it doesn't look that good. It doesn't look that bad, but it looks just bad enough that I know you fucking glued something to that rat and don't make Uh, me feel bad for a rat. I don't want to do that. So you think they glued stuff on them? I don't know. They did something. How how else did they get those eyes on there? Uh, Because I think they just got a bunch of white rats, like albino rats that have red eyes and then dyed them all black. Like you said you think happened okay yeah, I, don't I don't know, know. or spray paint the paint jobs were whatever. inconsistent the paint jobs were inconsistent that's what made me think it wasn't like dye because dye you would think they yeah. would just dip the whole rat in the dye or something i don't know i don't know how you dye a rat I'm not <laughs> yeah a... you guys gotta be more careful when you're dipping them rats Was <laughs> <laughs> one paint a rat i don't know yeah yeah, but I was kind of with you. I was kind of bored. I'm like, these are people just sitting there, and then two people want to fuck so that everybody makes them go outside, and then the other person's like, I'm going to go check this out. And then, of course, they get... And it's never, like, a real attack. It's obvious that somebody's just holding a bag of rats above them and pouring them on them. Oh, my yes. God. And when then Lisa, the, a lot of the Lisa shots Lisa of the rats dies, is like... It's the best fucking thing ever. <laughs> Which you guys, you guys it. are so, you guys are so negative on this movie, and I had uh, you loved it. I bet <laughs> I really did. Yeah, of course you somehow did. I'm not surprised. <laughs> which one was Lucifer, and which death was the one that you liked? Uh, so Lucifer was the dude fucking the chick in the sleeping bag, and then got stuck in it. <laughs> yeah, that, okay, that yeah. guy, and he's the one who he dies like he falls back over that hole, and he's like balancing himself over the hole, and rats start falling on him. And it's like one rat, and then it's another rat, and then it's a couple rats, and then it's a few rats, and then it's like somebody dumps a fucking dump truck full of rats on top of him. I think just so for the audience that hasn't seen the movie, 
to understand like we're talking about rats we're not talking about rubber toy rats or anything like that like they're just there's a lot of shots in this movie where there's just a character on screen and somebody's off screen just talking live rats at them right that scene i was trying to figure it out i was like i can't tell if those are live rats or if they, they were just dumped a, a bucket oh fake rats on him that was the the joy i did get from this movie was picturing the behind the scenes footage of just people like just with a bag of rats just turning it upside down and some poor actor just laying there and they're all hitting him in the face and then some other guys just there and they're just somebody's job is to pick up rats and throw them at the actor <laughs> i imagine the behind the scenes footage would be outstanding if there is any yes yes now like, throw throw two rats two rats we need more hands throw 10 rats i i I would pay money to watch a documentary about this if they promised that they had footage of some guy with just like a box of rats, just picking them up and chucking them and like <laughs> putting one down because the paint job's not good enough on it and grabbing another one. I kind of now I kind of think they should make an entire movie just about that. <laughs> yeah. It's just called Rat Guy. It's about a guy the, who has to throw rats at people. Yeah, the the thought that that exists is hilarious. Um, there is a um, silhouette of uh, Dick in this movie, just like the Batman conversation we were having. Uh, not yeah, just silhouette. Right. I mean, you you see that dude's uh, dangle. Oh, I tried to block most of it out of my mind. There was your transition point from earlier, and you missed it. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> speaking, speaking of Dick, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there were a couple of good shots in the movie and that they kind of angered me because at that point I was like so annoyed at the movie that I was like, wait, you're capable of doing this? But like there's I think two different ones where there was like somebody had been killed and they like pull the body over and then like there's like a hole and the rats come crawling out through the hole in the obviously fake body. And I'm like, that looks fun. That's like, I'm really glad they did that. And I think the other one is actually they come crawling out the mouth of the dead body. Mm-hmm. That's when they thought, for you they, guys. they thought that dude murdered his girlfriend in the sleeping bag. Like, he obviously strangled her, and then her mouth opens and a rat comes crawling out. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. great. I like I like all the scenes like, where there is like a body that is somehow being weirdly puppeted by smart rats. That's pretty great. Yeah. It's like Ratatouille, only hardcore. I guess I, if we're going to discuss this movie, we might as well discuss this movie. Are we to believe that the rats were intelligent? Yes. Or they are, are the characters dumb? No, no. It's supposed to be okay. the rats are extra intelligent, which is whenever they start listening to all the recordings about where they start talking about the intelligent rats. It's supposed to lead you to believe that they're just talking about those rats that are living in this place. But it's actually the rats that have been living underground. The well, and that's, men. I guess... Yeah, and I guess that's what threw me off a little bit is are we still to believe that those other the rats above ground were intelligent or our characters believed that, but it turns out they were wrong because those recordings were referring to the underground rat men. Those rats didn't do anything that made them seem smart to me, but mm-hmm. Alright. <laughs> so you don't I... know if they were smart rats or not? Well, I mean I think I think they were supposed to be smart rats. Okay. Because the rats were doing things like chewing through the wires on their car so they couldn't escape and all that kind of but stuff. But rats do just do that. 
Right. But I mean, it seemed to be, I don't know. There were too many coincidences for just to be random rats doing it. Understand why the people didn't just start walking in a different direction from where the rats were at any point during this movie and just not be there anymore. Oh. Yeah, they're dumb. Okay. All right. I guess it was desert esque. Couldn't go without their vehicles. But I don't know what they thought they were going to do okay. when the wires were chewed through. Did they, were they going to fix it the next morning? No. Again, I don't understand how they had vehicles 225 years after the apocalypse anyway. <laughs> I mean, none of it there makes was sense. One of the characters is named Video, and mm-hmm. apparently he was named after video games, Yeah, of which he's an expert, but has never seen yeah. one. Again, that he literally, has seen the, one makes total sense. Literally at the beginning, just say five years after the bombs dropped. That's all you need. Well, up then a it lot wouldn't, of problems. But, th- but then it wouldn't make sense that he didn't know what the fuck a video game was. <sighs> no, but then oh. you just have him know what a video game is. <laughs> exactly. You just fix that and that's it. But then the whole scene with him trying to play the, the solution have... doesn't work. Doesn't it's, an import- it's an important scene. Or you could just have him not be named video after video games. <laughs> and it would have been fine. I'm assuming that is a, a whole other uh, thing an issue with Italian movie being released for English audience and therefore has some kind of translation issue that just doesn't make any fucking sense. Just, I hope so. Just some fucking like weird ass Italian studio exec being like, we need this to sell in America. What do kids in America like video games change? One of the character names to video game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my name's video like video games. Doesn't make any sense at all. The, Sure, the Pucci. lack of effort to make your movie make any sense was fascinating. Like, there, there's something interesting about the fact that somebody would go through this much effort, paint that many rats to make a movie, and then be like, write the script that is like, yeah, 225 years later, but they find food and it's still good. That's not a problem. We don't need to address things like that. You'd think you'd, if you're making this movie and you're going through them and the effort of doing it, that you would at least try to make your movie make some kind of sense. Since we're talking about that, listen, we can all bicker and argue about what makes sense, but there's just smart rats killing people. Do you know what doesn't make sense? I think we, what finding a giant store of food and then wasting most of it by pouring it on each other. Well, yeah, that's a whole separate discussion. (laughs) The dude snorting sugar like it's fucking cocaine. <laughs> like chewing. How do bags. they even know what sugar is? How does right? how do they even know what sugar is? Sugar is not a product that you would have 225 years after the apocalypse. There's nobody like cutting down sugar cane and manufacturing it into sugar. It's I just not happening. Now they could be producing beet sugar somewhere. Did you just say they could be producing beet sugar somewhere? Yeah. Fucking. <laughs> I was becoming more, more, more and more like Dwight Schrute every day. <laughs> but that's, to clarify, that's what he's implying accurate. is that they're growing, they're growing beets underground because that's where most of the people are. So if there's a enough of a system in place for them to be manufacturing beet sugar, then they have to be doing it where the people are, which is underground. Yeah, so, that sounds smarter than what I said. <laughs> And they have an underground factory to convert that into beet sugar, however that's done. So that's why when these people find normal processed sugar, they understand what it is. <laughs> and yeah. Tarot, See, Tarot, Tarot has made teeth. the movie make sense. 
Yeah, now now you guys are on board. And why do they even have teeth? That's a that's know. a just a general problem with post apocalyptic movies. Is like they always have nice actor teeth. And they're like, if they're eating beet sugar and no dentist, I mean, come on. Yeah. It's because they're not eating all that processed corn. <laughs> that's what it is. Well, according to a <sighs> bunch of fucking weird ass documentaries on Netflix, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to get into a great corn debate. That's not what we're here for. Um, <laughs> but it could so be. What if, what if mean, they replace the rats with corn? This would be a much more fascinating movie. <laughs> there's just there's the corn's coming for us. And there's just oh, yep. a laugh, and we're just gunning corn at them. <laughs> and at the end, there's corn and. Hazmat suits and he takes the mask off and it's just a giant ear. Oh, corn. and it's got the Jesus Christ! I, the I wish there was a whole Listen. fucking series of movies and they all had that ending. Guys, it was just a different thing. You guys, <laughs> you're miss you're missing the part though because they'd have flamethrowers. So as they were like shooting at the other <laughs> corn that was attacking, it would all be popping. Yeah, and you just you'd get a shot of the outside of those like buildings that they were in, and the windows would be breaking, and all this popcorn would become flying out. <laughs> And they're all just called something Night of Terror. <laughs> Corn, Night of Terror. Corn, Night of Terror. Chihuahua, Night of Terror. Just, See? And then like that dude's Coaster, like Night of Terror. That dude's like over like that hole in the in the ground and fucking ears of corn just start falling on him. Tell me, this, is, <laughs> tell you know, me this you know, is not a better movie. You know what the fucked up thing is? That's way more realistic because that would kill the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> Actors are getting like concussions and shit for making this movie. Oh, here's the thing though. We just contact that. Who, who were you talking about last week that made that? Um, was it Vinegar Syndrome that made that ninja movie that yeah. wasn't finished? Yeah. We just contact them and we get their CGI department to just take this movie and edit in different things instead of rats every time. <laughs> Beats. So Night of Terror. Beats, Night of Terror. <laughs> You've made into us sugar. into sugar long enough. <laughs> now is our time. Oh my god, this discussion is so much more intelligent than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> See, but then if it's corn, it's actually one of those documentaries Noah was talking about. It's like Corn has been killing us the whole time. Yeah, my God. We thought it was our diets, but really the corn had just become intelligent and was poisoning us. We just made a whole franchise. It's beautiful. I I mean, I don't... If we turn that one into a documentary, too, we'll probably get some funding. Yeah. (laughs) A government grant for it. Sure, I'll go. Oh, we would we would have to move to New Zealand or Australia for a, them to give us a filmmaking grant to make <laughs> uh, Rat Tosser the movie. Uh, quite to the contrary, they'd probably do it here in Canada, but maybe not as easily. I feel like yours would have way more paperwork. Yes, probably. I feel like in New Zealand, it's just you just knock on a guy's door and ask him for a grant. I don't know. I, don't, I might have a weird vision of what New Zealand is, but that's how I picture it. You just knock on a guy's door and he's like the mayor, but he also is in charge of film grants and you just ask him nicely and he just gives you a, a bag with like a money symbol on it full of whatever yeah. kind of money they use in New Zealand. They all just look like Peter Jackson. Oh, God. But it's like Peter Jackson from uh, uh, Bad Taste, where it's like 
Peter Jackson looking completely different in four different four different versions of himself. It's like a weird version of men where it's just the yeah. same guy when he looks different, a little different. Totally. Yeah, what are you asking me for a film grant for? I'm not in charge of film grants. It's the guy that looks just like me, but has a slightly longer beard. That's the guy in charge of film grants. Uh, no. nice. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any idea how we ended up here, but this is stupid. Uh, uh, I don't know. Does anybody have anything else to say about Rats Night of Terror? I, I, oh. think, I think it's a delightful pile of crap. And clearly you guys oh. just don't have the delightful bit on there. <laughs> yeah. No. no, it was just, it, it committed the ultimate sin of getting boring. And the thing with it is like, even like when we talk about some of the kills and some of the decent shots of rats crawling through bodies and that the, the twist ending, but you're like, if, if you allow me to become bored at any given time during your movie, then all that stuff is a lot less joyful. And I was bored for a lot of this movie. Like we're talking 75% of the runtime. I was bored. I was interested during the opening crawl and the last 10 minutes. I don't know. See, I didn't, I don't feel like I was bored because it was just, it was so ridiculous. But it feels like it's just a lot of people walking around, whatever this facility is like, Ooh, we just yeah. found food. I'm going to call that black lady, a somewhat racist name. Uh, I'm going to, we're going to make the couple go outside and fuck like, just like, okay, but again, as Doug said, we were promised rat men. We did not get them till the last second of the movie. Yeah, imagine if like people were getting killed off gradually by somebody in a hazmat suit throughout the film, and then at the end we realize it's a rat man killing them off. That'd be amazing. See? Plus, I'm not sure that... Yeah, yeah okay, the, the twist ending is fun with the rat men, but... I don't know if I agree that the rat men should be on the man side. Shouldn't they be on the rat side? Like, I feel like we need something delving into rat culture, explaining why the human sized rats and the regular rats didn't get along or else my instincts are that they would work together against the remaining humans and take over. So I feel like, yeah, that's it. There There wasn't enough explanation in the movie for me about the nature of rat culture and the interactions between the various rat species. And that's my complaint about it. Also, it was boring as fuck. So we need somebody in a hazmat suit killing people, but also commanding mm-hmm. a rat, a rat army like Willard throughout the movie. Yeah. And then the big reveal at the end, he takes the mask off. He's a rat man. Perfect. Or it's Chris Mingolder, whichever one you want it to be. Can't we just let's just spend the rest of our lives making rat movies and and or honestly, (laughs) yeah, you film them. It's like Dracula and Spanish Dracula. You film at the same time on the same sets to save money. Yeah, (laughs) because we should definitely be comparing this to those masterpieces. (laughs) You're like, all right, rat movie. You got the set from uh, 8 a.m. till about 3 p.m. Corn, you got the set from 3.30 to 9.30. Beats, uh, film it overnight. We don't care. <laughs> we got a problem. The rats keep eating all the corn. <laughs> we we got the, it's all just, we've got the rat throwing guy over there throwing them off the corn, but he can't throw them fast enough. <laughs> and then the crossover happens. 
the corn versus the rat. <laughs> rat rat be rat be corn. A a rat slash corn production in association with Full Moon Pictures. <laughs> uh, Charles Bam would be all over this. He'd be like, you know how cheap it is to buy ears of corn. We're gonna make a million you know dollars. The funny thing is, it would still be better than that other someone v someone movie. So, Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys. No. Freddy versus Jason. No. Alien vs. Predator? Maybe. <laughs> that Dead Man versus Evil Bong? Uh, <laughs> probably. There's a lot of versus movies. I was talking about the Batman v. Superman is what I was saying. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of a low bar. Yeah. Has anybody watched Rescue Rangers yet? No. You have no ass. Oh, because I forgot to bring up during my during my review a couple weeks ago that they have full on trailers in that movie of Batman v E T, and it looks amazing. <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> I was so distracted with, God damn it, ugly Sonic's so fucking funny. <laughs> It, it like it almost makes it to the point of you can't even watch the rest of the fucking movie because you're so distracted <laughs> with how fucking funny the ugly Sonic joke is. Uh, I need to rewatch it. Uh, before I do that, hey Noah, do you want to tell us about Nah Food of the Gods too? Yeah. So. We've got a college uh, where they're doing some research and you have the good scientist who is doing science the right way and all that shit. Uh, And then you have the bad scientist who's doing bad science and testing on animals. Uh, And then you have a bunch of unlikable fucking environmentalist people who I don't know if that was on Mm -hmm. purpose or not, but you're like fuck those guys which is weird because they really should be probably the good guys in the movie yeah uh, yeah yeah and then we have an unrelated third scientist who's a woman who's developed a uh, a growth hormone serum that she has injected into a child for some reason it, in order to save him from some weird disease that he has sure. But I like that her first instinct is like, well, this isn't tested. Come here, son. Well, she did uh, say it had reached the point where they were starting human trials. She just decided to have him be the first person in the trial, which I yeah. suppose that's a good justification to make her not an evil character. Uh, Yeah. And so, unfortunately, the child starts growing quickly. So we get a lot of interesting honey. I blew up the baby esque <laughs> things going on where this kid's uh, still the proportions of a child, but slowly getting bigger and bigger. At one point we have him tromping through the woods like a fucking Yeti, which is pretty great. I feel like you're making this kid I, a much bigger part of the movie than he actually is. <laughs> he's only like three. It's a, yeah, it's a side plot, but he's important. Uh, so she passes off this stuff to the good scientist so that he can attempt to find a formula to save this child. Uh, and of course all the other scientists are like, holy shit, this thing in biggins crap, we could make a ton of money. 
And he's like, no, good science, not money. And then the, the dumb guys do a bunch of dumb shit. Uh, compounded with the environmentalists breaking in, letting loose a bunch of rats who then get into the dumb shit experiments. Uh, and then we've got giant fucking rats running around fucking people up, and it's pretty great. We've also got a uh, Jaws subplot of we're not going to close the beaches on 4th of July. <laughs> tailored to this opening. movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Although, oh my God, I for the love first the mayor time, from Jaws as the dean. For the first time, he actually makes a legitimate argument for it. It's still bad, but he actually says something that you're like, you know what? That actually is true. Where he says... Do you know how much money it actually costs to do all the stuff that we do here? And he's like, if we do what you're saying we do, we lose all of our funding. Everyone loses their job. This college closes like. But that's the same argument they make in everything. That's. that's well, the, no, yeah, usually it's this point. But the but the gala is the most fun time of the year. That's usually the argument. He's actually like, listen. This is going to destroy everyone involved's lives if we don't try to push through this. And then he destroys everybody's lives anyway. So wouldn't that get of an argument? But he literally could have just said, well, maybe we'll do the, the opening of the sports complex next week. till we figure out this, <laughs> this giant rat problem. I'm not saying he wasn't wrong. I'm saying he actually made a case for what he was doing rather than just going, it's the biggest thing of the year. <laughs> Fuck you. Anyways, there is that moment when they're listing off all of the things that have gone wrong and it ends with that guy got hit by a car and his ass had bitten it eaten half off. And he just goes, coincidence. <laughs> and I fucking loved it. I made me so happy. He's like, yeah, no, the guy's ass got eaten off, but that happens sometimes to people who have been hit by cars, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, much much like the last movie, the rat effects not great. I thought but that was as bad. I, I thought like when they wanted the rats to look big, I thought they did a really good job. I think they used like forced perspective and stuff. Not really sure though. Um, yeah. So Brian, what did you think of this movie? Because you implied that you didn't like any of the movies this week. No, I liked this movie. I didn't like the first. Okay, one. all right, good. Uh, yeah, dude, I just <laughs> the uh, I was getting nervous there. For honestly, no, this one I loved. Uh, I was kind of like, well, I don't know how this is gonna be. And then when that dude shows up to that uh, female scientist's house to look at the kid, and yep. she comes in and she's like, "Bobby, I'd like you to meet uh, whatever his name is." And the kid goes, "I'd like you to get the fuck out of here." <laughs> I'm like, "This is amazing, and I love it." That was that was a stand up and cheer moment. I wish that I'd been like in a theater full of geeks. When that when I saw that for the first time, because it would have been amazing. Oh my god, just this kid, like just giant. What what do you, what do you think he is? About fifteen feet tall in that scene. Yes. <laughs> Too tall to be in a room. The way they're filming it, it's like, yeah. why does this lady's house have a room with ceilings this high? But it's like he's just yelling down at these adults, but he's still just looking and sounding like a child. It was so good. <laughs> I'm like, that's um, amazing. I love like, this you kid. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> what, a, what a like weird idea that they had. Whoever was writing this movie is like, we need, 
Okay, we're making food of the gods, too, so we're going to have giant rats again. But we got to find a new way to make them giant. We just don't want to go, like, back to the same island or, you know, use the ending of food of the gods where the stuff was floating down river and somehow use that in our plot. No, that's too easy. So instead, we're going to have a different scientist, like, almost having her own movie off to the side about (laughs) accidentally growing a kid huge. And she's going to call our protagonist for help. And he's going to accidentally bring some of the magic in, in beginning juice back and get some rats into it. Like what a wacky fucking idea, but <laughs> I'm sure glad they did it. Cause yeah. that kid, it was great. <laughs> and then later he breaks out of the house and is running through the woods and they fucking shoot him. But he's so big. It doesn't even hurt him. And yep. he's just like, I hate you. <sighs> Spits right in her face. <laughs> <laughs> that ending where he's like really huge and you can't even see him anymore because they like yeah. they just show his like that giant fake the, hand yeah the giant paper mache hand oh it's so yeah. fucking uh, that paper mache hand almost felt like an intentional uh, tribute to uh, was it Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman that had this big paper mache <laughs> hand in it? I think so, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't it seem like somebody was like honestly going like yeah that's. The well, real film nerds out there will will recognize this. This this movie was produced by Roger Corman. So. Oh really? I didn't even know that. <laughs> uh, I saw it when I was looking up the IMDb stuff. I think I saw his, his name. Okay, makes sense now. Now I believe it. But it, it uh, may be a name only because I think he was involved with the first one. Maybe. Yeah. Sure. But who knows? Still- it doesn't matter. Um. Um. I did like yeah. the okay when the the. Uh, Good scientist gets the uh, embiggen juice, goes mm-hmm. back. They have like a nice sciencing montage. Yeah. <laughs> with a pretty nice like score underneath of it where he's just like, oh, I'm going to take a little sample of this. I'm going to put it in this. I'm going to look at my computer. There's like graphics <laughs> swirling around on it. I'm going to take my glasses off, pinch my eyes, and then get back to work. Yeah. It's like, this is great. <laughs> just. It's it's like the thing is there was a tone to this movie where it's like they know that they're making a ridiculous movie and they know that even though it's not done in a funny way, they know that the audience is going to laugh along with this montage of just the most stereotypical science stuff imaginable. (laughs) And there was the same thing reminded me when those uh, when those guys show up at the end that are there to catch the rats the exterminators or whatever they are. And the one guy's like, they sent us here to catch one rat. So he just holds up a cage that has a rat in it. And he's like, I'm just going to sit here and watch the game. And then I'll just give them this rat later. (laughs) And the other guy's like, that's the problem with this country. You don't take any pride in your work. And he gets this giant fucking exterminator gun out. And he's like going to take on the rat. He's taking it so seriously. His personally modified flamethrower. Yes, that's what I meant. Um, and he's like, he's going on and on, but he's doing it deadpan serious, but saying these just objectively ridiculous things about how you should take pride in your work of finding one rat on a university campus. He's the uh, he's the Quint of this movie, if we're going to keep yes, up the is. Jaws analogy. He is. I was going to, he All reminds right. me a lot more of, uh, oh, God damn it. Why is my brain not working? It never works whenever I go to say a name that I just was thinking about. <laughs> is it a Jaws he was, reference? No, 
he was the goddamn rat catcher in Split Second. Brad Dourif. Oh, Brad Dourif. All right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. His delivery was, was even Brad Dourif-y. Yeah. I think Dourif. So here's a, a challenge for you, Brian. Use. Yeah. Brian, I have a challenge for you though. If um, so, if the mayor is the dean and this guy is the Quint. Then which character from Jaws is represented by the slutty girl who like comes out of the bar, sees her professor who's on his way in to kill rats is like, all right, how you doing? She's like going to go in there and try to fuck her professor. And then when he's like, I'm really busy, I got to go. She just goes back to the guy she was already with who had just left to go to the washroom and just starts banging him in a bush five feet away. Is she somebody Um, from Jaws? She. She's the she's the mom that comes up and slaps him. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, wow. just randomly picking somebody. I mean, I mean, it resulted in a scene of two people like going at it in the bushes, and then he gets up to take a second piss, and then <laughs> rat giant rats chase him and bite him in the ass until he runs in front of a I was, car. I was gonna say, not bite him in the ass, bites his dick off. Bites his bites his dick first, and then goes for the ass. Yeah, both. But I, I prefer to think of only bit his ass because that's funnier to me. <laughs> Which brings little, up another. Hey, there's there's another through line. We got yeah. even more dicks. <laughs> this is a dick filled episode. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. This brings up. Another, Can't wait to tag that on Instagram. Another weird issue where. So good scientist girlfriend. Good scientist student. And one of the protesters, all I thought were the same character. Because <laughs> they all have like short brown hair. I don't. Does I, it, I'll be honest. I don't, I don't think I was too far off of that. <laughs> I, I still coming into this, coming into that last sentence, thought that his girlfriend was one of the environmentalists. No, because there's a there's a brown hair girl that gets killed down in the sewer with all the rats. And I'm like, wait, wasn't that his girlfriend? Yeah. And then his girlfriend shows up later. And I'm like, oh, but, but I still think she was one of the environmentalists because she was still on his case about like what she found. She almost broke up with him because she found out he was experimenting on rats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I don't. They, but, they all. But I, I can't they, trust my memory of when they were breaking into the well, lab and, and look, stuff. If that was this. his girlfriend or not. Well, because they, they all have weird 80s hair. But then that one girl, she definitely that one girl changes her hair a few times. And you're like, you can't do that in a movie like this because you all look like you're from the 80s, which is hard enough to distinguish you. And then it doesn't help that he has like a dream later that he's having sex with the student. Yeah, but ends up becoming like gigantus in the middle of it. Which leads to some really weird implications. Find <laughs> <laughs> me to bring up the boys later when we talk about when we're talking about what we watched, by the way. Uh, okay. <laughs> Speaking of implications. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah. Yeah, no, it was that whole dream sequence was super weird. I'm like, he's just going to bang his student in the middle of this movie for no reason. I didn't know it was a dream sequence. And then all of a sudden he wakes up and I'm like, well, that's, that's good. At least it was a dream. But when he started growing huge, I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? I'm smiling the whole time. It wasn't like, you know, a negative. What the fuck is happening? It is. I really genuinely want to understand what the hell is going on in this movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. So the giant rats in the sewers then I thought all that stuff yep. was cool. Uh, yeah, it was he, fun. 
They do have a weird non-actor janitor hanging around the school because his performance was pretty terrible. I think he's just, I think he's just the real janitor from the building they were filming in. Um, But when he was then, when he was um, riding around on that cart and then he was dead and still riding around on that cart and the, through the like sewers. Cause for some reason he had his own like little go-kart thing that he drove around down there. <laughs> I'm not an expert on being janitors. Maybe they have those, but it seemed very strange to me. Um, so we should mention of course that he has a pet rat. The good scientist does. Can, yeah. can we talk about they the fact that this, this movie actually pissed me off a little bit when they killed the good rat fucking movie. I wasn't happy with it because it got me. It got me in the feels a little bit, and I was like, "God damn it! This was such a silly, <laughs> stupid fucking movie." And you motherfuckers <laughs> just come in at the end, and you're like, "Here's something legitimately sad." And it's like, "What the fuck, man?" But it was a good rat the whole time, even when it was big. Right. I was like, "This yep. isn't. This isn't what I was here for." Yeah. So the plot point is, in case you haven't seen it. The white, his white rat, which is how you tell them apart, was in heat, and they use her to find all of the rats in the sewers because she will naturally look for all the males. So they inject her with, or the evil, evil scientist injects her with stuff, and she gets big too. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the police show up, and as police do, just start shooting anything that moves. So, yeah. Should we bring up the uh, unfortunate racist connotations of the fact that the one good rat is the white rat? <laughs> and also that the, that, one, the, we... one, the one black guy in the movie is bounce on a basketball? <laughs> oh, man. No, that moment, uh, that like white privilege moment was the, bl- the black guy's bouncing the basketball and then the rich white kids walking alongside him. And then he goes, you coming to the game later. And the black kid is like, I can't, I've got to like go work at, I forget what he says, but he like implies that he's got like a job where he has to clean. And then the white kid takes the ball and gets into like his sports car and drives off. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> it's like, uh, I, they're just literally like, yeah, well, these two guys can be friends for 12 seconds of the scene, but eventually we have to point out that the races go in different directions in life. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even the fact that if we're going to get into it, I guess the fact that the only good rat is the white rat. <laughs> <laughs> or then we could just delve into the sexism of having like, yeah. We got this one girl rat. No way she'd not chase the boys around. So we'll just stick her down there. <laughs> I was mostly just annoyed that we didn't get like I wanted a scene where the big rat was going to come in and like kill the scientist. And then the white rat jumps in out of nowhere and saves the day. And we watch two giant rats fight. That's what I wanted. Like the end of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, uh, so. Evil scientists. I spent the whole time looking at his hair going. Jesus Christ, this is a fucking terrible toupee. Not even putting together that that was the point. <laughs> Supposedly he's doing cancer research and he mentions like, but I mean, if I find the cure for baldness, that's good too. Didn't even I like put to- I like the whole time. <laughs> didn't even put together that that was like, that was all on purpose <laughs> until like, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. That makes total sense then. The idea that the evil scientist is using his cancer research grants to try and just 
pure baldness just because he's going bald and doesn't want to. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and it like they bring it up just enough times to remind you, like, you yeah, know, he's pretending to try and cure cancer, but really trying to cure baldness and openly saying that not only is it for his own benefit, but then he'll leave the university and take his baldness cure with him to make money. <laughs> like just openly pointing that out. Yeah. This movie was good. I enjoyed this movie. And I remember like you guys remember that time that there's like a synchronized swimming competition going on and yeah. <laughs> and they get mauled by giant rats swimming in the pool. Yeah, it's that was the, the big op- the big opening. I mean that was Chekhov's big pool opening, so we knew it was gonna come back at the end of the film. <laughs> and well, there's those scenes of just like speaking of Jaws references, like they're under, they're in the water and there's giant rats in the pool with them, and all you see is the tail sticking up out of the water. <laughs> God, that made me happy. Oh, what a great idea to just have the tail sticking up out of the water like that. God. And then like the suspension of disbelief, it didn't occur to me until after the scene was over that I'm like, water's see through. There's a crowd there watching this. How do they not see a giant rat in that pool? <laughs> like, I've been to pools. I've watched kids swim before. If there was a giant rat swimming towards them, you'd notice. I mean, not not just see-through either, because it's, it's a synchronized swimming competition. So the seating is specifically arranged to look down into the pool so that you can see them <laughs> yeah. doing their thing. Which, but it, does, does the opening... The rats... Does the opening of a, of a sports complex by showing off the synchronized swimming team really draw that many people? Because I say no. I, I don't know. I think I, I don't know. I'm unaware of the level of attention that synchronized swimming events were getting at universities in the mid 80s. So I'm not prepared to comment. I do think that now that I've processed it, the rats probably were able to sneak in by just coming from different angles and not being synchronized, and therefore the crowd was just not paying attention to them. I mean, people pay money to watch tennis. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you really be surprised that they do anything? I saw a new sports betting app, like because they're all over the place right here, right now here, and uh, they you can bet on tennis, you can bet on every serve. So you can just sit there and watch tennis and bet on every event. And there's people who do that or else they wouldn't have created that. So that's a good way to destroy your life. Yeah. 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 They just legalize sports betting here and it's really depressing how it's just quickly taken over literally everything. Anyways. Um, Giant rats though. Well, so what the fuck else haven't we covered? I guess. I mean, we can get into the, what you were saying oh, earlier the about guy this movie melting? ends a bit too early. Oh, yeah. That evil oh, science yeah. guy tries to steal the thing and replicate it and accidentally cuts his finger with his, mm-hmm. uh, I don't I don't know, replicating goo? <laughs> his yeah. do- his bald dog goo, well, apparently. It's, uh, it's the embiggen. He, it's, he, du- it, he dumped the embiggen juice on some hairless dog cells to see if they would regenerate, which they did. He went to pull the slide out and apparently he's Superman and doesn't know his own strength because he just touches it and it breaks and cuts his thumb. And then he washes it off and you see the green goo going on the drain. I'm like, uh Oh, green goo's getting into the water system. And then that never goes anywhere, but he gets infected. And then, yeah, he melts. Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody know why he melts? Does it matter? No. 
Well, I, I think it's awesome. supposed to be a combination of whatever he did to that dog to make it go bald and have those gross tumors combined with the Inbegin formula. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, okay. Which he totally deserves because even yeah, bad, though bad science, even though that dog was obviously not really hurt, I was sitting there looking at him like, man, they got his feet like strapped together. They got him strapped to this table. I just feel bad for that dog just sitting there. He's like, what the fuck are we even doing? It, it seems like it seems like it just lived there, too. Yeah. Like it didn't have like they didn't bring the dog out for experiments like they just did whatever they did to it. So it had these weird growths and then they just tied it to this table and left it there, <laughs> which is not proper dog care. No. No, indeed, Doug. Not proper dog care at all. <laughs> you got a kid. You you pretty much know what it's like to have a dog. Yeah, pretty much. Um, kid's getting old enough to clean up after himself and stuff, though. It's like <laughs> a little easier than a dog now. But um, I don't know what else. Does anybody else just wish there was like another movie about the lady with the giant kid? And yeah, then you could just yeah, you could that, reuse the scenes in that movie where they just overlapped which we should mention he finally starts get like the rats take over he's finally figured out something that'll stop the the growth or whatever i guess i don't know he throws <laughs> throws some red red juice on that melted guy and it seems to like get rid of yeah. it or something but it, it, yeah and so magic he, red juice fixes the problem so in the middle of this rat giant rat infestation he has to run to a payphone and be like hey whatever your name is i I, I figured it out. And she's like, oh no, it's too late. And that's when you see the giant hand come in. <laughs> At the end of the movie, is just the front door broken open, meaning that the kid has escaped and is loose. And then roll credits. Yep. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is where we're ending uh, it. Loose and oh, man. for human flesh, probably. Who's Who's got those rights? Because it's like, Food of the Gods 3 needs to be made with that follow up. <laughs> I want to know where that giant paper mache kid went. <laughs> but it's in real time, so he's been living like in the wilderness this whole time. It's it's like a Jason Voorhees scenario where they yeah. like, lost him as a kid, but now he's a grown-up. Yeah, but he's like a giant grown-up, so he's like hiding behind mountains and shit. <laughs> he's just ducking behind mountains whenever people come by. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I really liked this movie. I thought it was fun. It was I think super it's, fun. I think it's the giant rats that make it more fun. Yeah. Regular size rats didn't do anything for me, but giant rats. I was like, this is fantastic. The Food of the Gods film, like cinematic universe, has actually been surprisingly enjoyable to watch. I really <laughs> do wish there was more of it. Should check overseas to see if they did like five more that they called <laughs> Food of the Gods. It's just a whole bunch of Food of the Gods six, Food of the Gods seven. There's <laughs> nothing to do with giant rats at all. Nope. The drama about two sisters who are in trouble getting along, but they just decided to release it as Food of the Gods four. <laughs> so, Noah, did you like this one more or less than Rats Night of Terror? Oh, I definitely think I liked it more. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean it That's had a guy. It had a guy melt in it. Yeah, yeah really. Like once once you have a guy melt in a movie, <laughs> you've got an unfair advantage. It is really kind of a big selling point. Thanks for 
for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Uh, what did everybody watch? Uh, I think all I watched were the Disney shows. Maybe? Doug says we're not allowed to talk about those until they're over now. Can we? Can we at least talk about Miss Marvel a little bit? Not in a spoilery way. I've only watched the first episode. I believe as we record this, there are two out. Yeah, yeah, I I haven't had time to watch episode two today yet. Me neither. But, man, it's really well made. (laughs) And kind of really well thought out. And it is unfortunate that I was watching it and I was like, I think this might be the best one. Which sucks. In a weird way, because it's not the character that I give a shit about. (laughs) so now i'm stuck between a rock and a hard place of like okay well this is probably the best made show but it's the character i don't care about so where am i on this (laughs) it is a lot of fun i really like the first episode i'll agree that it was like really well made um i thought yeah i know nothing going into this so like I literally going in completely blind, didn't know the show had come out, just <laughs> logged into Disney Plus to look at something else and saw it there and went, oh, all right, I guess that's what I'm doing now. I feel like they and, did a, uh, a pretty terrible job like promoting this. Well, because I, I wonder if I think that they thought that like young it would have limited appeal. Yeah. Like, I but I wonder if like if we were watching this stuff on YouTube or TikTok or whatever that. 15 year old girls watch we would have got hit with a lot more marketing but it just yeah. we, we aren't each seen as the target market for this which Maybe, makes sense but, to a certain extent but i work for like a movie tv site and oh, that's a good point actually <laughs> they didn't put up like one like trailer that seemed to do any like buzz whatsoever yeah and i, d- I don't I recall know. the joe blow here's the 35 comic books you need to read before <laughs> I didn't get a chance to write why it. Didn't you, why, didn't, why didn't you write that? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to be doing an Easter eggs uh, one when we get done. Okay. Yeah, I was I was right. going to say, but they managed, um, they managed to do a whole bunch of good things. So, number one, they managed to capture the fact that it is a superhero show, but making it about all the people instead of about the superpowers, in which maybe that we might be counting our chickens before it hatched because, you know, for all we know, it's just going to be superhero fights for the rest of the show. Who knows? Uh, So that's good. They managed to capture the like artistic nature of those comic books. I've Mm -hmm. like, I'm not familiar enough, but I've read one or two in the whole, like the living doodle kind of thing that's going on is very indicative of the style of that comic book. I assumed that, that was from the comics, just from looking at yeah. it. Yeah, somebody, one of the videos I watched pointed out that it very much like mimics the style of like the Spider-Man movies in credits. Like they always kind of do yeah, some fun that. drawing stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, that too. I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I really liked a lot of stuff about it. 
I kind of like this weird relationship that she's having with her her mom, who, while they're clearly leaning toward trying to make them very liberal Muslims, mm-hmm. essentially, which they have to because <laughs> that could get real weird. But her still being, you know, you're dressed like a whore in your complete full body suit that covers everything, including your face. <laughs> well, I think, like, I will say this. I thought they did a really good job of portraying the Muslim family as, like, look, they're a little different from everybody else. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the teen girl still just wants to go do all the stuff that the other teenagers want to do. The parents are all, like, trying to keep her at home and be like any can relatively conservative family that would want to keep their kids home. And Oh, you shouldn't be going to parties late at night. You shouldn't be hanging around other people. And you know what I mean? I thought they did a good job of like, they're, they're different, but at the end of the day, they're just a family. Like they didn't make a huge deal out of the fact that they're Muslim and weird fact. Well, like when I was like the age of these characters, I actually dated a Muslim girl. And I will say this family reminded me of her family where it was like the mom was more the disciplinarian and the dad was kind of the fun guy. But then like when it came time to actually do something, like you turn to the dad and be like, but we're allowed to, right? And he's like, no, 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 he's still really strict, but he doesn't, it's not his role to like day to day tell you what to do. He's more just there to enjoy life. And then it's, I I don't know. So I don't, I mean, obviously I'm not trying to say that all Muslim families behave the same way, but I will say it. I felt like it was a good portrayal of that. You got a sense that it was very realistic. Yes. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. There was, and this is, this is going to be slightly spoiler. So jump a few minutes ahead. If you don't want to hear about an actual thing that happens in the show, but they almost turned me against the main character. Cause when her parents come in and her dad is dressed like the Hulk and wants to take her to the thing (laughs) and, and she like rejects him. I was like, you bitch. <laughs> like in yeah. every way a person can be awful. You were just awful because your yeah. your dad not only just tried to like give in to your hobbies and stuff. He went out of his way to be part of it. And instead of her going, oh, that's great. But can I just not dress like the Hulk? But you can dress like the Hulk. <laughs> instead, she's like, fuck you. Which I get it. Yeah, it's supposed then, to be an angry teenage yeah. girl reaction, but just yeah, just fuck, imagine fuck her, being a fuck teenager her to the end of the earth. Imagine being a teenager and you just want to go to this con with your friends, and you thought you were going to have a driver's license and it was going to be your first chance to go off on your own, and now they're presenting you with the option of why doesn't your dad dresses the Hulk and follow you around all night? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> like just imagine how you would react to that scenario. I thought the, I know exactly the reaction how I react to that scenario. Different. I would have been so fucking overjoyed at that. I would have lost my goddamn mind. Well, you're a, you are an oddity person. Cause I live with I, my grandparents. If my, if my grandfather was like, I'm going to go to this event with you dress up, and walk around with you i'd be like no fucking way i would rather not go if your if your grandpa fucking decked out in a full ass fucking hulk costume you wouldn't have been like ah that's fucking great 
Now I would be, but no. you have to remember now what it's I like would, to be yeah. 16. When you're 16, your parents are the worst thing in the world we, and you want to get as far away from them as possible. Well, see, no, whenever I was like, 16, I felt isolated and alone and sad and that nobody got all the shit I was into and having my dad act interested in something I was into would have been yeah. the best thing in the world. But you got to remember no, back I, when, no, back I, when, I, when I, Back when we were 16, comic book stuff wasn't cool like it is now. So yes, all the popular all the popular kids are going to be at this con, which we, they do show. And she's like, I do not need more baggage for them to bully me when I go to school tomorrow than having my dad yeah. with green paint on his face pretending to be the Hulk. Yeah, and I mean, like, she just failed her driver's test, so she's super angry at the world. She's, she's going to be embarrassed yeah, no, I, I I understand her reaction entirely. It would have been what I would have done at that age, except my like my parents and I basically weren't on speaking terms from when I was like fourteen till like twenty eight. So it's you know what I mean? Like they never would have tried anything like that. But yeah, no, I I, I think her reaction is much more common than what you're suggesting, no. I think no, her reaction I, is what, what teenagers again, would react. How I, know, a teenager would I react. believe I believe you. That is that is a realistic reaction. By an irrational teenager, and at the same time, fuck her forever. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's like, I'm I'm not I'm not saying she's wrong. I'm saying I personally, the visceral reaction I have to somebody behaving that way, especially to someone who's being that interested in something that they're doing, fuck them forever. <laughs> Don't talk to teenagers in real life, no. Why? Why would I ever do that? I don't know. Well, you you're gonna want to go to wrestling shows, so it doesn't mean I have to talk to people. Gotta interact with the crowd. Now, how else are you gonna become a WWE star? Yeah, you're gonna have to learn how to play the heel role, and well, not just by claiming I, that. I think you guys are. Suck. I think you guys are overestimating what my plan is. My plan is to be <laughs> the black boots, black trunks guy that goes in and gets slammed three times and then loses. No, <laughs> oh, I know, but I'm 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 pushing your horizons a little higher because I want to hear forty something, forty something year old man gets signed to WWE and then, <laughs> and then <laughs> I break in that I break my hip in my first match. Yeah, it's some crazy <laughs> signing. I that's, take I take yeah, an atomic what, bomb from some fucking sixty year old wrestler and just fucking <laughs> die. Yeah, His bones shattered by glass. Yeah. How could how could we have known this would happen? And Ric Flair's training for a match. He can too. Oh my god! I hope he doesn't die in the ring. He probably will. He is like. I, I know we say it about a lot of wrestlers a lot of the time, saying they're too old, they need to stop, but. It, his is no longer that it's like, Oh my God, they are going to kill him. Why are oh, they yeah. letting him do this? I'm expecting yeah, Flair was too old to wrestle in like 1998. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm expecting it to be like the end of the wrestler. He's going to honestly, he's gonna I was, do one last move, but then that's going to be it. I, I was thinking about the wrestler when I was thinking, reading about Ric Flair going back in the ring and this idea that that's just, that's all he is and he's not cut out for anything else. And like part of the message of the wrestlers, maybe the right thing is for this guy to die in the ring. And I think that maybe that is Ric Flair, man. Like 
He's a piece of shit everywhere except in the wrestling ring. Maybe just that's what happens. Maybe that's the right thing. I don't know. But one of the things with these old wrestlers is usually they run out of money. And sing, and that's the thing they can do to make money. So they go back to it. But as far as I've ever heard, I don't think I've ever heard of Ric Flair having money problems. Oh, no, he has tons uh, of money problems. Yeah, he's not like bankrupt. But I mean, when you have five ex-wives. Yeah, oh, he, that, had, that he had huge tax. He had huge tax problems in like the early 2000s as well. Is that, that was right? the whole run? Okay. He did. Was it like. TNA or something that he wrestled in for a while. That's what all that was about. That's him trying to like pay off tax debts and shit. They say. I, don't, I mean, obviously, I don't have access to his personal records, but was, well, yeah, no, no. If that's if that's a thing, that explains it. But yeah. but once again, but I don't think that there hits, I don't think that's if it. there hits a certain point where you, as a wrestling promoter, have a duty not to fucking get someone killed. Sure, yeah. I agree, but I don't think. I, I again, it's Flair. I think he'd find a guy. He'd keep looking for that promoter until he found one. And there's bound to be one wrestling promoter somewhere that doesn't have high morals. I don't know. I don't want to speak out of turn, but um, wrestling promoter with low morals. Never heard. I such think a thing, that Doug. if you try, if you tried hard enough, you could probably find one. And I think Flair would find one. And whatever. I don't. It's it's disturbing. I agree. He shouldn't. But what do you do? So in summary, first episode of Ms. Marvel, good. Yeah, good, yeah. yeah, not not yeah. just good. Maybe maybe the best one. Maybe. I, I'm uh, not going to say that. Uh, best one so far, maybe. Well, <laughs> that wasn't why I wasn't saying it. <laughs> um, it's too happy for Doug. Remember, Doug doesn't like happiness. Right. But which oh, which one do you feel yeah. is a better made show? Loki. Is it WandaVision? WandaVision. Maybe WandaVision. Yeah. Maybe. Um, we'll see how this goes, but like I don't know that we could argue it's necessarily better made than Hawkeye. And no, I, see, I, would, I would I would I would say definitely different tones than Hawkeye. I don't know. I don't know if I would agree with that. Hawkeye's, um, we'll see Hawkeye's how great the in the way that it is, but Hawkeye is a uh, kind of Christmas show, <laughs> like it's 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 what it is. Sure, and it's not. Yeah. yeah, but this is you know your like what if Juno was a superhero show? Like you know what I mean? They 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 all have their own tone to them. And let's that's... let's be real. This for Noah, this may be the best one until the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special happens. Then we'll see. <laughs> See, but that won't, that's not going to be exactly a TV show. It's going to be a holiday special, which makes it its own. It's very literally an island unto itself, other than the Star Wars Christmas special. (laughs) (sighs) Anyways, the show is promising. We all agree. Uh, They do change her powers. I wouldn't be able to comment on that. She's kind of like, she's a little stretchy, like... Mr. Fantastic. They call them in big in powers. Yeah, which in big is in powers. To make her like face bigger, makes her long, legs longer. You know, she's kind of, like I said, kind of like Mr. Fantastic. Jerks. Yeah. And she's, um, in, she's in the comic. She's an inhuman. Yeah. Oh, she uh, is. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that they might did, be why I'm mad at her. They did this thing. So because Disney and Marvel, I mean, they would never be petty to another studio, right? Um, did this thing when uh, Fox was running the X-Men movies that they didn't want to promote mutants in their comic. So they did this storyline where Terrigen Mists hit the earth and turned anybody who has an inhuman gene into a superhero so they could still have mutants without calling them mutants. That's where she came from. All right. <laughs> so they, they kind of make her a little bit more like Green Lantern in this where she can. I mean, so far as we've seen, she just made a giant hand out of energy. That's I almost I almost feel like that was on purpose where they're like, hey, guys, you know how they're going to do an HBO fucking <laughs> Green Lantern show? What if we just do that first and do it better than what they're going to do? Oh, the way that Marvel lately has just been sticking it to DC, I have to admit, like it can't be an accident and it's pretty funny. So, I mean, having a character in the Spider-Man movie name is book flashpoint after DC announces a flashpoint movie. <laughs> like what the fuck? Like it's, I love it. Quite frankly, I think it's great that it's really they're fun. just being dicks. Um, because it's <laughs> funny to me, like when it's like billionaire corporation, just like poking another one being like, ha 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 jerk. Like <laughs> you stupid, you stupid bitch. <laughs> oh. what else did you watch Noah uh, I, I really think that's it I'm trying to think it's been like a week and a half I know I can't I can't think of anything else I've watched on my own I'm sure I watched some stuff with Char like some uh, true crime shit but I can't that, that stuff some, goes in some one side horrible, of my brain some right horrible dateline where everybody's murdered and their blood is strewn around the house but oh my god she's fuck. like but I can't watch Evil Dead fuck me oh well and you know she's been watching so The Staircase yeah which is another one of the dramatizations of one of those cases that's been on every single true crime show yeah and it's just so fucking stressful and it's stressful because whenever you actually sit down and you actually listen to everybody tell your side their side of the story you kind of come out the other end and go oh my fucking god i have no fucking idea if this guy murdered his wife or not <laughs> in which i don't like that i like i like feeling confident at the end of it to be like yeah fuck that guy go to jail yeah i like to watch uh, if i watch true crime stuff i like it to be older crimes like <laughs> Oh, this guy killed people in the seventies and he's still in jail for it. Good. I can watch one about that. <laughs> yeah. I heard, I listened to yeah. some podcast all about the, uh, uh, now they called him the golden state killer, but he was the original night stalker. East area oh, rapist. Yeah. yeah. So I listened to a big old thing about him and it was before they found out who he was. And I was like, this sounds absolutely horrible. <laughs> The guy just disappeared. What the fuck? Yep. So, yeah. Uh, well, all right. What'd you watch, Doug? Um, well, as alluded to, I've seen four episodes of The Boys now. Mm-hmm. Um, season three, obviously. I've seen the first two seasons. I didn't jump in at uh, season three. Um, it's pretty good. It's <laughs> the performances are solid. The, I mean, they've just turned the 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 over the top 
gore and violence up <laughs> every season, it seems. <laughs> and so like it's it's a minor spoiler because it happens like in episode one, but like they it's have in an the first like, character. 10 minutes. Yeah, they have an Ant Man character that goes into another man's penis and then he sneezes and goes back to normal size while inside and you can imagine what the results of that are and you're just like what the fuck is going on like it's <laughs> this is the intro this is the like welcome back we're gonna like you know we're we're doing the little montages to show where all the characters are since the last time we saw them yeah. and it's that yeah they're um, doing doing cocaine and then doing a uh yeah. i want you inside me type thing just whips his dick out on the table dude walks right in yeah so, so this is the scene that i told you guys about where me and amanda are watching it and we went oh my fucking god and then we're just like well welcome to season three of the boys apparently i mean did it yeah. does it graphically show the tiny man go into the guy's yes dick? yes yeah. Yes. Fuck. So much sh- more than you're thinking. They show him inside. He's like touching the walls of the penis, and um, and then they cut to the other guy outside, and we see whether he's enjoying it or not. I won't spoil it. <laughs> um, it's fascinating that they went there. It's great. Just that it's just the fuck, man. <laughs> it's so good though. I'd be good, good on him, but. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw some meme that was like, yeah, they're not going to show any tits in the boys, but oh my God, so much dick everywhere. Uh, I don't know. Um, what do you think of Homelander this season, like his performance, like before he goes all crazy? Is, I mean, just that look on his face, like I'm going to fucking snap and kill everybody. Yeah. The actor is doing a fantastic job of like, the first little while he's doing that like really constrained anger where like every time he talks, you feel like he's like, you know, he wants to snap. And then when he finally does snap, that's great too. <laughs> so really solid performances. Yeah. I so guess good. my only criticism of the show, and it's not a criticism of the show per se. It's more a criticism of the world where I'm like, they're trying to satirize modern politics but modern politics is beyond satirization. So it's like, it is literally like one of the things is like, he's still kind of in love with his girlfriend from last season, even though it's been revealed that she's a Nazi. And I'm like, yeah, that would happen. Like and he, <laughs> at one point he's like trying to justify it. And he's like, and I'm like, yeah, but like the same like week that I watched that, I also saw news clips of like a politician who was saying we need a leader to be more like Hitler. And I'm like, so it's not funny when it happens to the boys because it's not like satire is not supposed to be the exact same thing that happens in the real world. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And it's a problem like that. And then there's like scenes where because there's like a propaganda news network and you're like, there's scenes where they're actually like the woman that works for Voight or whatever it's called is actually sitting down with and meeting with the news host and i'm like yeah that probably would have qualified as satire in 2015 when the atomic bombs were about to go off and create rat men but now (laughs) it's not because now we know factually that you had a u.s president who was on the phone with media personalities every night discussing what they were going to say on their show the next day like it's weird like it's it's i don't know how you satire what's going on in today's world 
Like, I don't know how you do it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. No, I know. Uh, when, when Veep won like an Emmy, like two years into Trump's presidency, <laughs> Julie Dreyfus said, yeah. yeah, we thought, uh, doing a show about a president who's a horrible person and doesn't know what the fuck they're doing whatsoever would be funny. Uh, we're really sorry. Yeah. Like it's, it, it, it's just weird that way. We're like, I think the show probably would work in a normal world, but that, uh, that element of it just, there's still, again, there's still lots of good with it. I like the characters. I like the violence, all that stuff, but that satire element of it is just, it feels more like a documentary than a, <laughs> Uh, I don't know, mockumentary or whatever you would call it, a satirical documentary. So, so were that's, you, that's were you surprised at all by the big cameo at the beginning of the first episode? Because a lot of movie I, sites, I a lot of movie I, sites, try to be like, "Oh, there's a giant Marvel cameo at the beginning of the boys," and I'm like, "What the fuck I, is that?" Not really. It's and then I I saw it and I'm like, "That's it. That's what people are going nuts about." Yeah, like the way people were making it sound online was that like Captain America was going to show up. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, something crazy. Because well, it's like I knew they were bringing in this whatever the character is called that like Jensen Ackles is playing him. Mm. That was like it's a Captain America spoof. So I thought like like the way they were talking is like maybe they actually like got Chris Evans in that costume somehow to play like that character. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I was, the yeah. way people were making it sound. And then like, it's just, just an actor playing a small part. Yeah. People do that. Like, like shows <laughs> get big shows, get big name actors to show up and do little cameos in them. Sometimes that's a thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand the hype. I, but that's yeah, I mean, especially, is, especially now that doing TV and streaming isn't like career poison. No. Yeah. Like, no. And, and the whole, she probably just knows somebody involved. And the whole scene, because you know you've you've watched the other seasons, the whole scene is yeah. them that that movie they were making in the second season, Dawn of the Seven, like finally yeah. comes out, and they reframed some of it after the end of the second movie, and so you're watching a scene from that movie, and it has a big Hollywood star in it, and it's like, well, yeah, that's yeah, that's what they would do in that world. I don't understand why people think this is like a big deal. I, I, it's the internet is such bullshit now. It's like everything is just trying to make everything into a big deal and none of it is. And I don't get it. Yeah. So. Uh, but, but super whatever. excited. It's been so good so far. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, it's been good. Like I say, the satire element of it isn't working for me, but that's not the show's fault. They there's there's nowhere left to go beyond the real world. So you can't, you can't make it more ridiculous in the real world. That's not possible. Um, but yeah, looking forward to seeing the rest of it. So. Eh, what else did I watch though? That's the real question. And I am not stalling while I look it up. I'm just, you know, this is the normal pattern of my speech. Okay. So I rewatched the, uh, the movie rogue from 2007, which is just a giant killer, uh, crocodile eating people in Australia. Yeah. I've never uh, seen it. I've never seen it, but I should. You should. It's good. Um, I hadn't seen it since it was new and I just like, I stumbled across it on whatever streaming service and was like, Oh yeah, crocodiles eating people. That's fun. And so I just watched it. Um, it's not like the big over the top kills that you're like, you know what I mean? It's not like placid. Um, it's, 
but it's got this really like fun horror movie of like people stranded and then eventually they have to fight back against the giant crocodile and you know what i mean there's all these different scenarios that they set up where it's like well what if we try to do this to escape and then the crocodile outsmarts them because of course it does um and just yeah it's like good atmosphere just a a solid horror movie, which like we don't talk about enough on the show because we're busy talking about ridiculous shit all the time. <laughs> but it's yeah, I I've really enjoyed watching it. Um, you know, just I, I not a lot of big name actors, not a lot of like great standout performances. Just a bunch of people doing what you're supposed to do, and then eventually they get eaten by a crocodile, and that's it. They're out of the movie. So um, yeah, we really enjoyed watching it don't have a lot to say about it because it's just a crocodile eating some people and then eventually they got to like fight back. So <laughs> uh, it, it delivers what it promises. Put it that way. That's good. Did you ever see yeah. crawl? Yes. Uh, I also really enjoyed that. Yeah. I couldn't remember if we had talked about that or not. Yeah. Yeah. When it, I saw it in theaters, so um, I probably oh, brought it up back then, but it was super fun where it's just like, just, Completely, again, not realistic, if you really think about it. <laughs> no. Rogue, no. I think, at one point, too, is like, it's literally like, because the plot of the movie is that they accidentally go into, like, this crocodile's territory, and it's, like, being territorial or whatever. And there's even characters who are like, I've heard about this, but this isn't actually how they behave. Like, they're, like, telling the audience, like, don't worry, this isn't really what crocodiles do. <laughs> like, they would come over and eat people, sure, when they were hungry, but they wouldn't be doing this thing where they like hunt these group of people constantly for days <laughs> it's not normal oh. behavior come on in jaws 4 a shark swam all the way from new york down to jamaica just to attack yeah, some but people. it was only in it was only in new york to take revenge for the killing of a previous <laughs> shark so. but it knew it's that the mom was getting on back. a the, knew the mom was getting on a plane and going to jamaica so and then it somehow beat the plane there but or did it know that or was it just going to kill the other son and the mom happened to go at the same time? You don't know. Uh, I don't guess I don't try to assign your motivations to the shark from Jaws for well, we're going to have to determine this. So we may have to put Jaws the revenge on the list. We have to find another, another Michael Caine movie to team it up with. <laughs> You're right. That would be the theme. <laughs> we'll team it up with Jaws so I can watch that. Was it you? That talked about his quote or something. I heard it somewhere. But he's like, yeah, I've never seen Jaws 4, The Revenge, but I have seen the house that it bought. So, Yeah, I don't know if I'm the one that told you that <laughs> quote, but I've read it before. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, you know what? Jaws 4 is going to need to be on the list. Maybe we'll do a Jaws <laughs> month, so at least I get to watch the good Jaws first. <laughs> uh. All right, what else did you watch? All right. Um, well, let's see. I watched um, Poltergeist 2 last night. Have you guys yeah. ever seen Poltergeist 2? Of course. I don't I saw, think I'd ever seen it. I saw it in the theater when I was seven because I have horrible parents. Really? So my mom yeah, took me to see I, it. I was like seven or eight. Uh, the, scene, the scene where... Uh, the mom goes out of the front yard and like looks up and there's like a helicopter or something. I don't know going on and the arms come up and grab her and pull her into the ground. Freaked me out. Yep. I started bawling in the middle of the theater and because it was the eighties, like my mom didn't like take me out of the theater or anything. She just said, if you're scared, just go out to the lobby. <laughs> so 
feel what you need right now, little boy, is to be alone. So I went out to the lobby and the the people running the stand, it's like an older lady. She's like, oh, is that scary? I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, there's a comedy playing in this one over here if you, if you want to go watch that instead. There's a movie called My Sweet That's Liberty. Amazing. My Sweet Liberty with Alan Alda. And the only reason I remember it is because I was eight. And at some point, there's a bunch of women dressed up in like 1770s garb. And they all jump off of like a dock and into the water and all their dresses come up. And then I see, you see all their butts. So they're not wearing any underwear. And as an eight year old, I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I've never watched the movie since. Cause I don't want to ruin that memory. Well, that's because it's a perfect memory. And that's how I saw a poltergeist. That story, is, <laughs> it is, that story is so much better than anything else I have to say about poltergeist too. <laughs> Uh, but I have I have seen Poltergeist two since then, and I really enjoy it. I mean, um, yeah, Craig T. Nelson's a little over the top, but it doesn't <laughs> seem comparable to what you said. <laughs> I think the movie would be much much better if it were just a an eighties horror film and not Poltergeist two. Like mm. it was just a different family and a similar story. Um, because like it's like it's such a drop off from the first one, but it's so much fun to watch. And there's just, yeah, like there's creepy preacher and like the backstory is like kind of fun. And they, for some reason, decided to like the old lady that is such a major part of Poltergeist one. And this one, they decided to just make jokes about her height, <laughs> which is weird. But there's some that I don't know if you remember the scene where like the kid is in the bathroom and the wires start coming off oh, his yeah. braces and wrapping around his head and just like tying him up. And you're like, that's so so good and there's so many visuals in this movie that are like just excellent that made me Um, hope i never had to get braces and luckily i never did flying chainsaw in the garage at one point attacking them in their car i'm like that's so cool it offsets the casual racism of having magic native american characters in this movie um (laughs) like yeah there's so many like so many good visuals so much fun to watch but because it's Poltergeist too, then there's little details. Like I'm like, huh? You'd think one of them would mention where the other daughter went because there was a third kid in that first movie. She did. <laughs> well, the actress is dead, but the character is just not mentioned. I read online that if you get the original script, there are lines of dialogue in it that explain where she's gone, but that they just didn't include those in the finished product of the movie. <laughs> nobody will notice that there's just one fewer kid and then nobody will ask questions about what happened to that actress so they've just done the same thing again and then like from the first one and then Craig T. Nelson has to say you didn't move the bodies you just moved the headstones again (laughs) the guy from from Return of the Living Dead just shrugs his shoulders like hey it's your fault I did it once even the ridiculousness for I guess for people who haven't seen the movie, the idea is basically that the poltergeist has followed this family to their mother-in-law's house where they're now staying. Right. Um, and they end up doing research and they find out that there's like another graveyard underneath the first graveyard that wasn't covered up. <laughs> and that's like the, the unmarked graves of like a religious cult that went missing in the 1800s. And it's, None of that matters. What matters is you get this creepy preacher guy like walking around and like he's a ghost. So people pass right through him, but only the little girl seems to notice that. 
And then you get like, I don't know, weird shit happening all the time. And there's some like native character who shows up and decides he's going to help for some reason, which I don't know why they had that plot, but don't know. You know, it was the eighties. I guess at some point you would just get desperate. You're just like all these fucking ghosts won't leave me the fuck alone. And we've done everything we can think of. Do you know the Native American guy down at the general store? Maybe we can ask him about it. Something like that. He gets sent over by the lady from the first movie. Oh. Um, and I'm like, like it makes sense why he's in the movie plot wise. Like they show it, but I'm just like, why? Like why did they decide to bring like Native American folklore in? And then at one point, it's implied that this like religious group that is the true like underlying ghosts that they've been dealing with this whole time is like that were slaughtered by native Americans. And I'm like, Oh, like that's a weird way to go with this. But then it turns out that's not true. So I'm like, okay, it's weird that you brought this guy in. He's not, it's a, it's a good <laughs> performance and the character's fine. Yeah, and yeah. He adds a little bit of comic relief, which is good, but comic yeah, relief. To uh, a movie that's almost a comedy. It's Will Sampson. Yeah. Will Sampson's always good. Yeah. He's famous from uh, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest for anybody who doesn't know the connection. Well, I've never seen that movie, Brian. Well, it's on the list, so we're going to do it at some point. Poltergeist 2 was, it made me surprisingly happy to watch it. I yeah. think I, I didn't expect much. I thought maybe I'd end up hate watching it, but I ended up just like having fun watching it. It's just a good 80s horror movie, family being terrorized by ghosts weird shit happening you know if you were to stop and think you'd be like well there's a lot of weird inconsistent rules here but then if you just kind of go hey that kid getting wrapped up in his own uh his own braces wire that looks like something out of a nightmare in elm street and at one point craig t nelson spits up a giant slug monster thing and it looks like something out of the hidden and you know there's lots of cool 80s horror movie tropes going on in this that are just fun to watch so you going to watch part three? <laughs> I think I am. Right. Are you warning me? Is it, is it weird that I've seen, I've seen one a thousand times and I've seen three a thousand times and I've seen two like twice. <laughs> Standards. That's not weird. Um, I don't know. I've never, I don't know that I've ever seen two or three before this week. And now I've seen two. Uh, I'm going to encourage you to watch part three because I think it's, interesting watch you're losing a craig t nelson okay. you're, you're gaining a tom scarrett and a nancy allen so tom scarrett and nancy allen yeah so that's good um unfortunately it is the movie that the girl was making when she died so they had to figure out a way yeah. to finish it without her um the director they didn't just like, like with the other daughter, they didn't just not mention it ever again. <laughs> oh, our main character's gone. Um, the director wanted to trash the film. Like, she died. Let's just not do it. The studio said they were going to go ahead with it anyway. So he's like, well, I guess if they're doing it without me, I should probably finish it. So at least it's you know, something. So it's got its good points. It's got its bad points. Um but it is an interesting sort of watch to compare to the first two. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll see. Maybe next week I'll have comments on it. I will say it'll be your least favorite of all three, but okay. It doesn't necessarily mean because the first one's it. like obviously amazing. 
The second one is fun, but inferior. Yeah. I'm curious what the third one is. Uh, uh, weird. Weird and fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I, I don't trust you. Um, what's, I, I do like the third one, but for completely different reasons than I like the first two. Okay. So. All right. Well, we'll see. Maybe next week. We'll see. All right. Just, yeah. There could be a shiny object. Maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> Completely forget 20 years from now. You're like, oh, fuck. I should have watched part three. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what happened with two. So, um, all right. Well, the last thing I watched, I think you guys probably want to know about this one, is I went and saw Crimes of the Future. The yeah. David Cronenberg film. It's it big... not fucking playing around here for some stupid reason. Is it not? Well, it is very Canadian. Um, like, and by that, what I mean by that is when, you know, the first 10 minutes of every movie is just all the different companies popping up that funded it. And when all those names come up, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is just this is 100 percent David Cronenberg just, just swinging his clout around Toronto and getting everyone in the area to put a little bit of money into his movie so that he can do what he wants and be, you know, have complete creative control rather than going and working with an actual Hollywood studio. Um. And complete creative control he has. Um, so do you guys know what the movie's about even? Uh, I didn't I've, going in. I've watched the trailer, but that doesn't mean I know what it's about. No. So picture this. It's, it's a future where human evolution is in the process of taking the next step. Um, and people are kind of naturally growing. So one of the things is most people don't feel any pain anymore. So that has led to this weird thing where people are like cutting each other for sexual purposes because it's no longer painful to get cut. Um, and so that's a whole like, I don't know why that's in the movie other than because Cronenberg likes to do that kind of shit. Um, and the, the, the other thing is that some people are like naturally growing additional organs, most of which are not um, functional, but occasionally they are. And so Viggo Mortensen plays a guy who is a, he feels a lot of pain. So he has to sleep in this weird bed at night and sit in a crazy ass chair that looks like it's partially organic and partially mechanical. Um, but B he's growing all these extra organs, but he's a performance artist. So his art is to have a surgeon remove the extra organs as they grow in while in front of a crowd. Um, and it's also apparently a sexually gratifying experience for him. So that's our setup. Okay. Um, and I don't want to get too much into what the actual plot of the movie is because it's hard to do it without getting into real spoilers. But the movie becomes this real crossover between classic, classic Cronenberg, like the in-depth body horror, like people being chopped up on screen and being sewn back up on screen and people having permanent cuts put in their bodies so that they can reach in and pull out the new organs without having to make a new incision every time mixed with modern pretentious art house, David Cronenberg who likes to leave things vague and who likes to um, play with the, I guess play with the, the normal pacing of a movie and do things that is all like extra slow pace. 
Um, at one point, you know, there's an autopsy happening on screen and the wrong organs are in the body and Cronenberg expects you to recognize that based on dialogue that you've heard previously in the movie. So be prepared for that level of pretentiousness in the filmmaking. Um, now, conveniently for me, I love old school body horror, David Cronenberg, and I love modern pretentious art house crap, David Cronenberg. So mixing the two made this like the perfect movie for me. I was just, I was super happy the whole time it was going on. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be a little disappointed if they go in hoping for classic Cronenberg. And yeah, you're the scenes where they're like cutting people up and pulling organs out and there's, you know, the occasional murder that happens in the movie as will happen. They're all good. They're all going to deliver what you're hoping for, I think. But you're also going to get this art house film with a particular message in it. Again, I, I don't want to get into it without, cause I don't want to spoil any of the actual plot. Um, you know, you're going to have stuff like Viggo Mortensen's character walking around like dressed like dark man for most of the movie. And just, they don't explain it. He just, for some reason he likes to cover his face when he goes out, but he's a very public figure. Everyone knows who he is. So what's the point of doing that? I don't know, but it's a pandemic. It looks pretty cool. Um, so basically we're getting like video drum, David Cronenberg mixed with like cosmopolis, David Cronenberg. I would say yes. All right. But the I don't are, know. This all sounds pretty standard to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just pretty typical stuff. Um, yeah. So in the opening scene of the movie, there's a child eating uh, a, what do you call it? Like a garbage can, like the little kind that you put in your bathroom. You know, one of those little plastic ones that you just dump into the main garbage bag before you put them out every week. Um, and then so his mom sees that. So naturally she murders him. Oh, yeah, as that's, you do. that's that's your opening to your movie. If that helps. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's. Listen, everything I just said is factually accurate. Don't act like it's not. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's a fucking Cronenberg, man. Chest vaginas yeah. like there's no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I like for me personally, I thought the film was amazing. It has this sort of uh the ending is not fully explained, but it's done in the kind of way where I I like it, you know. I wish I'd watched it with somebody else, so on my way out of the theater I could have sat and talked to them about it. Um but there's just weren't that many people who wanted to go see this movie on a Wednesday night at nine o'clock kind of thing. <laughs> um yeah. I, again, a child is eating a garbage can. So his mom's like, I told you not to do that. So she murders him. Welcome to the movie. Oh, she she did tell him. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, like, just so you don't have to, like, worry about who's right and who's wrong in the argument. We see her telling him not to eat things. So, in like, lead up to this moment. Okay. Well, you should have known better. Yeah. I'm sure you use that tactic with Lando all the time, right? After she murders him, does she look into the camera and go, he shouldn't have committed future crimes? <laughs> she does not. That's she calls it. She, <laughs> she no does she, stalker too, that's for sure. She does. She does call the father and be like, K, 
kid's dead, I'm leaving. If you want the body, come get it. So, there you go. Future crime. She's not exactly the protagonist of the story. Does it have its own theme song, like Future Crime? Like... <laughs> no, I don't believe it does. Oh, well, that's, that's, no. that's boring. Um, it has a, like, a upcoming governmental agency that registers people with extra organs, giving it a bit of an X-Men feel. We need to know what organs you have and what that organ does. <laughs> Weirdly, one of my background movies that I watched this week were just like was the original X-Men. And I got to say that movie holds up really well. Um, oh, yeah? I think, I think people forget how good a movie that is. Like, I haven't watched it in a long time. Uh, if you're done with Crimes of the Future, I do it. That is a good segue to what I've been watching. Crimes of oh, yeah. the Past. Go right ahead. Oh, yeah. uh so yesterday for an article i'm writing i had to rewatch the wolverine which i had really theaters this is the second one in the wolverine solo yes yes it is the better one from what i remember because i don't i don't think i'm ever going back to watch x-men origins wolverine i watched that in theaters once and me too I, I had to fall to my knees and scream no to the skies during the movie almost <laughs> as often as Hugh Jackman had to. <laughs> Fuck, that was bad. I mean, the worst thing is it's the better one and it's still kind of a steamy pile of shit. Uh, I don't think I'd go that far. I still enjoyed it. Um, it is a little bit more separate from the X-Men movies. Uh, disregarding the Jean Grey, like sad ghost all the time mm-hmm. um but all of the stuff in japan i thought was a lot of fun um some of the plot makes zero sense but you know like if we're gonna start nitpicking the x-men movies which one makes sense which one don't then we're in big trouble well that's the thing about those movies is that there are ones that are good right yeah for sure like there's like the original one I think is good. I'm assuming two is still good. I think it probably is. Um, and then like Logan is excellent and days of future past is good. And first class is good. There's just a lot of other ones that I'm choosing not to bring up right now. I can't even remember some of them. Cause like I'm, there's a couple that I haven't even seen. Cause it was like, well, they've gone off the deep end. There's no point in me watching these anymore. <laughs> Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix. I, yeah. I think I saw Apocalypse. I definitely haven't seen Dark Phoenix. Yes, you, you guys remember that time that they did Dark Phoenix and it was bad, and then and then they made more, and then they did Dark Phoenix again and it was bad. Yeah. You guys remember that? Yeah, like K- killed the franchise what? twice. Like, what Doubled the fuck? <laughs> well, the first time it was like I think it was like they had it. They just needed to make like a fourth movie and have the dark Phoenix storyline, carry it into the ne- next movie rather than trying to jam everything in. But they need to do something. It's not what they, <laughs> they needed. It's not what they did. I remember thinking the movie wasn't terrible. It's not a good representation of the dark Phoenix story, but no. I remember enjoying some aspects of the third one, but I haven't rewatched it in a long time. So I'd probably hate it, especially with Frasier beast. I don't know if I would enjoy that, but 
uh, Fraser Beast was a great fucking idea. It's it's yeah. too it's too bad that the movie. Sucked. Yeah, I don't think it's on him. Oh, I don't think it's specifically Again, on him. I haven't but. watched it in a long time either. So, um, yeah, rewatching the Wolverine. Still enjoyed it. Thought it was good. Um, it's good. I haven't seen that one in a long time either. Maybe since theaters. Yeah. So I'm doing. I'm writing a script for a, a video on. Uh, Darren Aronofsky was supposed to direct that movie. And so I'm doing okay. like a movie that was never made sort of thing. And they're somewhat similar the scripts. I mean, there's things that carry over from his script to technically Chris McQuarrie's script to what ended up being filmed. But everything seems just like kind of like a mess. So all the stuff that's changed that would have been in his movie seems confusing and seems like there was a lot of, like it would have been like two and a half hours long and would have just been packed with stuff going on. And this movie already kind of had a lot of that stuff going, like a little too packed already, but yeah. his seemed, his seemed even, even more like jam packed with stuff. Um, so it just, I don't know. It would have been interesting to see his version of it, but the one we got wasn't terrible. Obviously, Logan pretty much killed like all of them. Like that movie's really good. The other two are yeah. not good in comparison. This one's pretty good, but not like top tier. Right. And then uh, seeing his physique and reading how he got to that way for the movie is insane. Because he always felt like he, he never reached the level he wanted to before when he played him. So he called up The Rock because that's who you call when you're famous and you need to get shredded. Yeah. And he gave him advice. And then he also did this dehydration thing where he did not drink anything for 36 hours leading up to the scenes where he didn't have his shirt on. No, oh, yeah. And that, like, you know, tightened everything up. Yeah, body bodybuilders do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, just hearing about all that shit. Apparently he would get like a little headachy and a little woozy on set sometimes. So maybe not not a great idea, but um but yeah. And then talking about confusing, so so the third movie happened as we talked about, Last Stand, you know, kills Gene Gray and then Professor X is dead because he yeah. gets exploded or However that works. And so the post credit scene for this one is Professor X just rolling in in his wheelchair and then Ian McKellen Magneto showing up at an airport saying they need his help. So this is where this is where we've started going, okay, but he was dead in the last one. So, so how did he just rematerialize? Yeah. Which which Logan asked that. He's like, I told you when we first met, anything is possible. Or whatever. I'm like, well, that clears that up. Thanks. Well, there was the whole uh, post credit scene of Moira Mattaggart over the uh, unconscious guy who wakes up and speaks with yeah. his voice, which would say, oh, he put his mind into another body. But then why does the dude <laughs> look like him? And then, yeah, was able to morph it. So he looks like him. And then he's like, well. If I'm going to be me, I got to paralyze myself so I can ride around in the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah I better better hurry up and snap my <laughs> so, spine. <laughs> so this is all this shit that makes no sense. 
and uh, they were leading into Days of Future Past. So we go. So essentially, the timeline goes: we go from this where Logan's walking through a perfectly, perfectly normal airport, modern day, to the crazy dystopian future that we see at the beginning of Days of Future Past. We never learn what happened in between. Yeah. So, like I said. This is where it all starts getting really confusing. But, hey. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You kind of just have to stop thinking about it after a while. Or not watch me. Well, there's that, too. Uh, let's see. I watched a documentary called This Changes Everything, which is a documentary about the gender disparity in Hollywood, which sounds really dry, but it's actually a very good documentary and was really fascinating. Like, they talked to a lot of, like, very famous actresses about how how horrible <laughs> Hollywood is sometimes and how men usually just get away with everything and women have to like, you know, put up with a bunch of shit to be in the movie business. Uh, they talk to filmmakers. They talk about how hard it is being like a writer director as a female in Hollywood. And they just go over sort of the past and sort of how it ended up getting this way and things that's gone, gone on to like try to change it and whatever. But it was really interesting. So I saw it on Netflix. I think it'd be, if you're interested in movies and stuff, I think it's a really interesting watch. Sounds interesting. Um, oh, one of the big selling points, I guess, if you call it that, is that uh, Gina Davis is behind a lot of it. Because apparently that sort of period of time where she wasn't in a whole lot of stuff, she was actually like running a uh, like a group that was researching. She said it started happening when she had kids and she was watching cartoons with them and realized there were like hardly any girls in the cartoons. Like it was mostly male characters. And so she started researching like, like how big of a problem this is. And it was like way bigger than anybody thought. So she started running like this institute or whatever to, do research into gender disparity in movies or whatever. And not necessarily like condemning anybody, but just being like, look at all these statistics that we found, how horrible all this is. And it be- becomes like this sort of unconscious, like thing. Like there's, they talk to people who were, who are female who work in the business, who are like the creators of stuff that were like, no, no, I'm not that way. Like I, I'm, I'm a woman. I'm totally into all this. And then they would look at their own work and be like, holy fuck, she's right. Like I'm unconsciously making most of the characters male for like no reason. And so a lot of that stuff is just really fascinating how they break all that stuff down and, uh, sort of what, what became of it and stuff like that. So, Really interesting watch, if you get a chance. Uh, I decided to watch an episode of Joe Bob. Joe Bob Briggs, The Last Drive-In. Okay. Uh, I hadn't watched it in a while, and I'm like, I need to catch up. So I watched the episode from, like, the week before. And it was about musical horror movies, essentially. And the, okay. big, selling, the big selling point was a movie called The Monster Club, which I had never even heard of. Um... So this guy who used to do a lot of the amicus anthology movies back in the day, like asylum and 
uh, mm-hmm. Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Terror. He knew he was getting old, and he's like, I want to do like this is like 1981 or whatever. He's like, I want to do one last Amicus style uh, anthology movie because I don't think Amicus was around then. I think they'd gone out of business. But he still wanted to do one, so he put one together. He bought the rights to all these short stories from this horror guy from uh, from Great Britain that apparently is not big in the States, but um, everybody at the time over in Britain knew who he was. Uh, so he bought all these stories and decided, I want like the six biggest like legends of of horror movies to be in this movie. So he sent the script out to Vincent Price, Donald Pleasance, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, John Carradine, and Klaus Kinski. Uh, right. he, he only got three of them. Klaus Kinski apparently wanted so much money, it would be like a third of the budget for the entire film. But they said no. Uh, Peter Cushing turned it down because he said it was too dreadful. It was too just like gory and stuff for him, even though it's not really gory. He just, I don't know. He wasn't, he wasn't into it. And Christopher Lee was going to do it until, (laughs) until someone told him the title of the movie called the monster club. And he's like, that's the worst title I've ever heard. I'm not being in a movie called the monster club. It's not unreasonable. (laughs) So they got Donald Pleasance to be in one of the stories. They got Vincent Price and John Carradine to be in the wraparound. Um, And apparently Vincent Price loved this movie. He absolutely adored it. And like it did like zero business in the States because it underperformed in, in the UK. And so it was supposed to have a theatrical release in the States and got relegated to like a, a, a VHS only because it, was on an episode of Elvira's movie Macabre. And so they put out a Elvira version of it on video. Okay. So <laughs> they're doing it. The wraparound is uh, John Carradine plays the, the real life author. Like they use his name. that They bought all the stories from. And he runs into Vincent Price on a street at night. Vincent Price is playing a vampire Weirdly enough, the only time in his entire career that he ever played a vampire. And so he's like, he thinks he's like a homeless guy, like, oh, I need some help. And then John Carradine's like, oh, yeah, how can I help you? And he's like, I'm very hungry. And then just like bites him. And then it sort of just fades out and fades back in. And he and Vincent Price is telling him like, oh, thank you. I've been I was starving. I didn't bite you bad enough for you to turn into a vampire. So you'll be okay. But he's like, I was just on my way to the monster club. So he takes him to this, to this club to like show him the place. And it's this weird nightclub where they have, uh, like bands performing and they'll have a band perform. And it's like the weird, like eighties, like uh, new wave type stuff. So I enjoyed all the songs, but they, uh, the, <laughs> They play a song and then they go into the first story and they're all like, I've, I've fucking seen this Elvira thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed the movie. So you should definitely, I like, I like Amicus anthology movies. So I really enjoyed it. The Joe Bob talks about how there is a weird 
difference in tone where the, the wraparound's kind of goofy and campy, but then all the stories are like dead serious, like tales from like the original tales from the crypt movie type stuff. And so there's like, yeah, is, one is, where is there a whole weird thing in the wraparound where they're having a discussion about like what happens if a vampire bites a werewolf and if yes. a werewolf bites a yes. zombie? And yeah, yeah, I totally they, remember this. They have a chart that, that he points yeah. to. Yeah, could point it all out. Yes, that's crazy. I'm gonna have to then, write this down because that's one of those movies that's been in my head for a million years and I never can figure out what the name of it was, which is mm-hmm. weird because it's got Vincent Price in it. You'd think it'd be easy to find. <laughs> Weirdly, after this, I looked it up on Amazon to see if I could order a copy just to put it in my collection. And there's only imports. There's no like, like U.S. release of it so far. At least one that's not like you know a hundred dollars or something. Um, so then they have like the three like Amicus style stories, which Donald, Pl- like I said, Donald Pleasance is in one um, where he plays a vampire hunter. That one was kind of fun. Um, there's another one where like a film director stumbles upon this weird village and he wants to shoot a film there, but then it turns out all of the, uh, residents of this village are like, what do they call them? I don't know. It's something from the chart. Like they're all this weird ghoul combination. They won't let them leave the village or whatever. So he has to fight them off and everything. Um, yeah, I don't know if you're into like amicus, style like anthologies you'll love it um if not it's probably not your thing but it is a lot of fun and like i said it'd be a lot of fun to watch in between each uh each story they have a band that plays like a full song like it's it's kind of weird this guy this guy had a weird idea because also on top of like the big horror stuff he kept saying like oh i wanted like the rolling stones and the beatles to be in this movie and it's just like there's no way you were getting the Rolling Stones or the Beatles to be to be in this movie. <laughs> so you got a lot of weird, like unknown, like uh, like, like I said, like new wave type bands. And it's all just weird and fun. So, but yeah, like all the people in this club are wearing like Halloween, like the old plastic, like Halloween uh, masks. You know, the ones you just pull down over your face and it's got like elastic band going yeah. on in the back. So on Joe Bob, of course, they had everybody those masks on like dancing on the set and stuff in between a lot of fun, but I'm just, I'm so glad that I'm, I, that it wasn't a fever dream and that this movie exists. Yeah. Yeah. It exists. I rather enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It's just a weird, quirky eighties movie. Like I said, Vincent Price loved this movie. (laughs) Apparently it did shit for, for theatrical release. Uh, and then I watched the other movie on the Joe Bob double feature called Hellbender, which is a new 2021 release about a weird family that, uh, mother and daughter who sort of isolate themselves in the woods and turns out they are hellbenders, whatever that is. It's kind of like a witch, I guess. And if they blood or like eat something that has like blood in it, like meat or whatever, you turn into these, they kind of lose control of their powers and end up killing people. So she's trying to raise this girl as a vegetarian living out in the woods. So she won't be around people to hurt anybody. Um, Makes either sense. way, either way, it doesn't matter. I didn't really enjoy it. It's very much, uh, 
indie movie. It was made by a husband and wife team who are the direct, he's the director, she's the mom in it. And then their daughter plays the daughter in it. So it's literally just three people out in the woods doing stuff. And I don't know, didn't really work for me. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Next week. Um, so coming up in July, um, Noah has planned a theme month for us. The Doug is very resident to, to go with, but have, have planned b- before COVID. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I'm going to go with it cause I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So before we get there, I decided we need something really fucked up to watch to get our palette ready for the goofiness that is Kai July. Um, so we're going to go with Jacob. <laughs> to hear that breath? <laughs> Just from the fucking name? <laughs> it's going to be a long month, Doug. Uh, Come on, you get to watch the original Gojira, though. That's good. That is good. Frankenstein Conquers I, the World? Yeah, I picked a pretty broad spectrum of kaiju movies that are generally held in high regard. What the hell is uh, Godzilla 2017 doing on here? Then? That are uh, generally held <laughs> in high regard. Uh, so we're going to do a couple of mindfuck movies. We're going to do Jacob's Ladder and The Cell. Okay. Vincent D'Onofrio. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So we got to do all the crazy mind bending stuff and then go into the fun palate cleansing Kai July that I know Doug will love for the entire month of July. Hopefully I've, I might need to double check all these movies because they were all accessible whenever I planned this <laughs> two years ago. Yeah. So I'll have to double check. It's just too, too bad COVID kept us from doing it. Well, I know all the all the Toho Godzilla E ones are all in the Criterion collection. Yeah, so. I don't I don't own any of those. The only one on the list that I own is Gojira. I bought the Criterion version of that a while back. Hard to find. Yeah, <laughs> for a for a while HBO was teamed with uh, Criterion, so all the Criterion stuff was on HBO Max. Oh, it still is. Well, they got their own streaming service now, so right. Wondering if over there, but don't know. I guess we'll see. Noah will let us know when the time comes. I have alternates if we need to swap something. Till then, I almost went Phenomena and Link just to do monkey movies. But you had just watched Phenomena recently, so change it up, Doug. All right. <laughs> He's so upset Which about one? Kai July. Which one is Phenomena? That's the Jennifer Connelly, Dario Argento movie where she controls bugs. Ah, okay. And Donald Pleasance has a chimp that he works with for some reason. For some reason, my brain keeps going to that uh, fucking. uh, What the fuck? John Travolta movie. Oh, yeah. Same name. (laughs) I, I swear. I swear to fucking God. Why is it that like I know the person's name? I'm thinking of their name and then I go to say their name and my brain goes. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Not today, Satan. (laughs) You're just constantly having a stroke is what I think it is. I'm a little concerned that might be true. (laughs) 
I've decided I think I'm getting early onset Alzheimer's. I'm starting to forget stuff all the That's time. That's good. It's just, it's so specifically names. I try to think of somebody's name and I know their name and then I'm just, nope, not there anymore. <laughs> uh, if it'll help you, Doug, you get to pick mo- your movies after Kaiju Lies Over. Dude, I get to pick in August? Yeah. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, so put it on your calendar. Be excited. Come August, yeah. you get to pick movies again. It's a, they're big monsters, Doug. You don't like big monsters? It's just the whole month of them is all. It's just the whole month of them. I don't think Doug's a fan of of month months. Although he did mention earlier it's... in the episode about doing a Jaws month, so well, yeah, yeah, Doug, don't be a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not. Giant giant sharks are one thing. Fucking. Whatever the fuck's on this list is a different thing altogether. <laughs> you do an entire month of giant things from the sea that are also other things. <laughs> shark to puss. Ghost shark. Uh, I'm not doing a bunch of fucking FX movies or whatever the fuck those shark, are. What are those? Shark Asylum. Akuda. Asylum. Who, who yeah. makes those fucking... Mega Asylum. shark versus giant octopus. No, we don't need to do those. Asylum. Is that right? See, I thought a lot of those weren't Asylum. I don't know. I That's just, a little more Sci-Fi Channel originals, but I don't know what yeah. that means. Well, they make the that they're made by the Asylum to premiere on the Sci-Fi Channel. Okay. And then, and then it used to be to confuse grandparents at the video store, but there's no video stores anymore. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. I bought you that Transformers movie you like. This is Transmorphers, Grandma. God damn it. It's War of the Worlds. <laughs> and it's already got three sequels. <laughs> Didn't it just come out last week? Wait, what? <laughs> come on, one of these movies has Frankenstein in it. Doug, you like Frankenstein. I do like Frankenstein. I don't trust that it's Frankenstein. <laughs> it's Frankenstein. He's just big. Yeah, he clearly, it <laughs> clearly says Frankenstein conquers the world. Come on. What's what Frankenstein Frankenstein Conquers <laughs> the World is largely held as a very good Kaiju movie. <laughs> sure. Largely by who? By yourself? By people who are fans of Kaiju movies. <sighs> it's all right, Doug. Just just resign to it. The month will go by quick. Listen, I could have intentionally went with the fucking weird ones, and I didn't do that. You'd have been dealing with all sorts of weird little Japanese girls singing songs. <clears throat> and I think in this series, you're only going to have that once. It's a very small part of the movie. <laughs> you can't you can't have Mothra without singing children. You can't? Are you sure? Yeah, it's like part of the rules, man. They didn't have the singing children in the... Uh, count. Are we <laughs> down here? <laughs> now we are. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.